Before we jump into this episode, we just want to say that this episode is a personal one and that if you are struggling with any intrusive thoughts, any suicidal thoughts or self-harm or anything like that, that we are not taking this lightly, but we want you to know that there is hope in Jesus and there is encouragement in this episode. And so we do share our own personal stories with things that we've struggled with. And for the sake of the episode, we go through them pretty quickly, but we do want to identify that if there's anyone truly struggling with these things that you don't see it as us taking it lightly, but us trying to give as much resources and biblical principles to fall on in order to get through these type of things. We also just want to make a disclaimer that we are not encouraging anyone to be taking any type of medication due to what we've personally taken. That is not necessarily a recommendation we're giving, but just an inside look on what we do and take. We just encourage you to go seek help if you feel like that is something you need, not that we are endorsing you to do so without proper communication with your doctor. But we did just want to add this disclaimer. We love you guys and we pray that you get encouragement and hope from this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Within Her Soul podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm Sydney. And we are two Jesus-loving women who have a lot to say about living as Christians in this modern day world. We deep dive into tough to talk about topics that we know you're battling with. We expose all things relationships, soul care, sex, healing from your past, and more. We give practical advice in these areas, but also share comedic stories of our own lessons learned and normalize what being a Christian woman in today's society is really like. So buckle up, friend. It's going to get real, real quick. Welcome back to the Within Her Soul podcast. We are so excited to have you here this week. Sid actually had this topic on her mind. And over the next few weeks, we just have some of these topics that the Lord has given us. And we're so pumped to give them to you and just kind of deep dive into it. And a lot of these that we're going to go into are topics that people actually struggle with, but we just don't talk about, you know? So today is definitely one of those topics where, you know, Sid was like, we have to talk about this. This is stuff I've struggled with. And I know other people have struggled with. And in just talking shortly about it, I've even struggled with this. Not that this is a cool thing, but it is so cool how the Lord will give a topic to one of us. And we realize that we're similar in certain areas and we differ in certain areas, but there's always a place to relate to. And I think that's what this podcast is all about. And so as we go into this episode, we hope that if you've struggled with this topic and some of these things... We want you to know you're not alone, and that's the whole point of us deep diving into these things. And so we're excited. We're excited to kind of break this down. You're going to get practical tips on how to overcome it. We'll go over the scriptures that will help battle through these struggles. And so, yeah, we're super, we're super pumped. Absolutely. I just, you know, like like Jordan said, this topic was really on my heart because I've actually talked to several girlfriends lately who deal with these unwanted intrusive thoughts. And they actually didn't realize that that's what it was, um, that there was a name for it. And when we have intrusive thoughts, we typically will believe that we're crazy or we'll ask ourselves questions like, what's wrong with us? Why am I this way? Why can I not make these thoughts stop? Especially when the thoughts seem to repeat over and over again. And then we really start to think, why can't I make the thoughts go away? And then what that actually does is it makes it worse. But excited to tell you today that there are ways around this. There are ways to 
practical, like psychological proven ways that you can get past these thoughts. And we're going to share some scripture on it as well. But you know, same goes with this as so many other things in life. When you feel like you're the only person that struggles with something, it can really make you feel crazy. It can make you feel like what is wrong with me, right? Especially, you know, if you aren't aware that it's normal and that other non-crazy people (laughs) go through this as well. And so just hearing from other people that they've experienced this is oftentimes one of the first things that you need in overcoming it. So when we're talking about intrusive thoughts, we're talking about those thoughts that are either violent, inappropriate, scary, or just seem flat out crazy. Those thoughts that make you think like, what is wrong with me? Why Why are these thoughts coming to my mind? An example, have you ever had the thought while driving on the interstate of, oh my gosh, what if I just drove the car off the interstate right now? Or, you know, had a super like inappropriate thought about being with another man, even though you're happily married and you would never want to do that. Those are all examples of intrusive thoughts. The thought of like hurting someone that you love and you're like, oh my, like you have this like vision that comes through your mind and you're like, oh my gosh, what was that? That was terrible. I would never want that to happen. I would never do that. Those are intrusive thoughts. And yes, they are from the enemy because we live in a fallen world. So we have to deal sometimes with things that the enemy tries to put at us. But I don't want you to be so overly concerned about, oh, this is coming from the enemy and I need to fight this because he doesn't stand a chance. And there are seriously some super practical things that you can do that will make these these thoughts stop. So I'm really excited to share what worked for me today because I used to struggle with this majorly. And I'm so happy to tell you that like I'm free from it now. And when these thoughts do come, I know what to think and how to talk to myself. And I'm completely fine. They don't scare me. They don't bother me. They don't intimidate me. I really do think like the enemy puts these thoughts in our mind just to see what will stick. Like truly, I think it's more of like these little thoughts will come in. And at first we're kind of like, oh, that's weird. Like I would never do that. Then it happens again. And then we start questioning ourselves. And then it happens again. You're like, is something wrong with me? And it happens again. And you're like, I'm really struggling. And then it happens again. And now all of a sudden we've obsessed over these little things that the, that the enemy planted and nothing's actually wrong with this. Like nothing actually was true. None of it was true. It was just these little like darts that the enemy wanted to see if you would catch and hold on to and plant in your spirit. Like, Mm. and that's why typically when you have the first thought, it doesn't actually affect you. It's when you have it multiple times. That's what at least I've noticed. Like once I started having that same thought multiple times, that's when I was like, yeah, I'm struggling with that's whenever I've partnered with it. And yes. now it's something I've attached to me. And it's yes. like, actually, if I would have just known, and Sid's going to actually give you guys like very practical things to do so that you don't even get to this point. But there are probably some of you that you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What happens when I've already partnered with it? What happens if I really do believe that I'm suicidal, you know, or, and I'm going to take that very seriously because that is a real thing. But I really thought I was suicidal for a little bit. But what I actually realized was that I just took on this lie that the enemy told me and planted it into my spirit and then watered it yeah, and took care of it and planted it in me and then mm-hmm. entertained it, you know? And so we are going to go into things that you can do in scripture and things like that. But I just want to kind of backtrack for a second and just allow you guys to see that the enemy literally will do anything. He'll throw you 
the smallest of things, the biggest of things, some of the things you think you could probably chuckle about and be like, yeah, that was weird. Why would I even think that? But then there's other things that can make you really feel like the heaviness of terror, of fear, of like, why am I, why am I thinking about these things? But I do think it's just a tactic the enemy's throwing at you just to see if you'd catch it, just to see if you'd plant it. And I think once you realize that, it's way easier to, easier to fight it off and then not even entertain it at all. And it doesn't affect you at all. Gosh, that is so true. Like that's so, so relatable. Yeah. I'm really excited to confront this issue because I feel like a lot of women are going to get freedom just from learning about this today and learning the truth. Um, and that these thoughts actually don't have power over you. And I really think this simple system, the simple method, Um, these steps that we're going to share are going to really help you to see that these thoughts don't have power over me and they're eventually going to go away. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I definitely struggled with the driving off the road and you know, what's so interesting. I actually remember exactly what I was doing when I had that first thought. And that was my first suicidal thought I've ever had. And it was so impactful that it like, I actually remembered where I was, what I was doing. And it was right after my dad had passed away and I was driving to Denton to go to college. And it was like, I heard thoughts of like, do you even really care to go to college? Like you lost everything. Like you have nothing. Your boyfriend broke up with you. Your dad passed away. Your mom is extremely grieving. Her life has been over now. Like it was so sad. And I remember thinking it and like kind of entertaining that. And then I had it again. And then I had it again, you know, and it was like, it was always when I was driving, it was never because like my brain wouldn't let me think about suicide because I would have never done that. I was, I never struggled with it. It had to be something that I do every day. You know what I mean? Like it had to be because I wasn't in drugs. I wasn't a heavy drinker yet, things like that. So it had to be something so sly. So even that like driving off the road, I actually think so many of us relate to that because it's so little, like it's so little where the enemy could come in and it's just kind of like a drive every day. So it's not like a, oh my gosh, like that gasp moment is just so sly. And it's just like, ew, it makes you hate the enemy even more. You're just like, how ridiculous, you know? (laughs) So I do relate to that. And it's crazy. I think that's one of the main ones. Everyone could kind of like raise their hand and be like, yeah, I've thought of that. Yeah. I I have thought of that. Really quick, I just want to say, like, the enemy doesn't have any new tricks. Nope. He only Mm. has a bag full of tricks that he can pull so many tricks out of. And that's one of them. Because what are the chances of, I didn't know you ever had that thought, Jordan, when I wrote that in our podcast document. And, like, yet you're like, yep, I've had that thought. Because it's the enemy. He's a liar. And he doesn't have anything new to to pull against you. (laughs) And it's just, like, I think one of the big things, he wants you to fear yourself. He wants you to fear your decisions because if you fear your thoughts, you you're, you're paralyzed at that point. You don't trust yourself. You don't have any guidance. And like, I think that's why, like, whenever we realize how good God is, that he comes in and fights these things for us, the enemy doesn't want us to know that he wants you to fear yourself. He wants you to think that all this pressure is on you. He wants you to feel like you're crazy for having these thoughts, but it's like, when you know Jesus and you have a relationship with Jesus, you quickly realize that the enemy and these intrusive thoughts that you have literally cannot stick to you. It's like they actually bounce off of you when you have the Holy Spirit in you. 
And doesn't mean you don't feel the the blow. It doesn't mean that you don't feel it hit you. It just doesn't hurt. It just doesn't stick. It just doesn't, it just doesn't even matter at that point, which that's what you were saying earlier. Said it's like the stuff doesn't go away. So it's okay. You don't have to fear it. And you'll you'll hear them and you'll think them, but then you'll just be like, mm, bye. Like that's silly. Yep. That doesn't even affect me anymore. Yes. Which is where yeah. we want you guys to be because it, I don't think it ever truly goes away. I just think it's like a new thing that he tries and you're just like, okay, do what you got to do. You can carry on now. Yep. Yeah. So we'll share a couple more examples of how we've dealt with this in our personal life, just because I feel like when we kind of give more transparent details, it's <laughs> it can help you, the listener, to relate even more. But for me, one of the biggest times that I went through this is right after I got married, I started having these crazy violent thoughts. Like I would be cooking in the kitchen with knives and like have these crazy thoughts of like, what if I hurt my husband? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I would never do that. I love him so much. Like that's literally what I went through. Like it was so, it was, it felt so real and so scary. And so finally I went and I talked to my therapist about this and I don't see a therapist regularly, but like whenever I go through something, I, you know, I think it's awesome to see a therapist regularly, but what I'm saying is I made a point to finally go and see a therapist and talk about this because that's how bad it was bothering me. And it was like stealing my joy. Like we had just gotten married and I felt like I couldn't be joyful because I was so afraid of all these things happening. Mm. And I told my therapist what I was experiencing. One of the first things she said is, well, first of all, she almost, I don't want, this sounds really bad, but she almost chuckled a little bit and not in a way of like, haha, oh my gosh, like you're stupid or yeah. anything like that, but almost because she knew how normal it is. And I was in there so panicking. freaked out and terrified. Yes. Panicking yes. over it. And it was almost like she kind of chuckled because she was excited to tell me like, Sid, it's okay. yeah, like this is fine. You're like, this is so normal. And then she went on to give me an example of, you know, and she never told me mentioned names or anything like that, but another client that had dealt with intrusive thoughts. And she was like, he's a happily married man. And he keeps having these thoughts of like having sex with one of his coworkers and he can't get it out of his mind, you know? And so she was just giving me examples of how normal this is. And again, we'll go on here in a little bit to tell you the little system of how to overcome it. But the most like important thing that she told me, and I seriously like turn the volume up right now on this podcast, listen, And if you struggle with intrusive thoughts, I'm telling you, you want to hear this because this is going to be the thing that's like going to help you look at them so differently is when you have these intrusive thoughts, the violent ones, just the the absolute worst thing you can imagine happening that you're like, oh my gosh, I would never want that to happen. I would never do that. It is actually a defense mechanism that your brain is using to protect you. Your brain is trying to think of worst case scenario to protect you from that thing happening. Wow. It can especially be intensified when your emotions are heightened. So for example, right after I got married, I was so on this crazy high, right? I was so excited. I was intimate with my husband for the first time. And, you know, all these new emotions, all this change, I was so in love and in that honeymoon phase. And so that made those thoughts so much worse because my brain was trying to come up with worst case scenario to protect those things from happening. It's almost like, you know, my counselor or my therapist also mentioned to me before that like sometimes joy is the most frightening feeling to to feel yeah. because you have these thoughts of oh I'm so happy, 
what's going to ruin it? What bad, yeah. you know, what bad thing is going to happen? And that's such a lie. And that's so from the enemy that the Lord tells us clearly in the Bible, do not worry about tomorrow. I'm going to take care of tomorrow. Be in today, live and enjoy in today what I've given you. So your brain is trying to protect you from something bad happening, even though it's not going to happen. Your brain is coming up with that worst case scenario. So if you deal with these things, then just know it's completely normal. And we're going to give you the steps to go through and overcome it. Yeah. I struggled so much with this, even after me and Corey got engaged and we actually both struggled. I remember I did not know about the fact about our brains making that worst case scenario whenever we're like so happy because like I actually, I was just like sitting here and processing and I was like, wait, I don't have these thoughts normally when like things are really, really bad. Typically I do have them when I'm really, really happy. And that's what was throwing me off because like, I know my first interaction was when I was in like a deep, deep cellar of like, my dad had just passed away. My whole life was kind of going to shreds. I, well, that's what I thought at that time. But most of the time when I'm struggling with these things, it's apt, It's like when I'm supposed to be really joyous. And it's so interesting how the enemy will just like plant stuff in your head. And then it's like, wait a second. I'm literally about to be marrying a man of God. You know, we put the we put the Lord in, in our relationship above anything else. And it's like, well, duh. Like, duh, the enemy wants me to fear this because he does not want me to have this. And so sometimes even like taking a second to think about the thought that you're having and why you're having it can be really helpful because you can kind of, you basically call out the enemy for what he's doing. And you're like, "Mm, you didn't really get away with it. Like good try, but that didn't work, you know? And it's so interesting too, because sometimes it is things that like you really have struggled with. Like I know, especially whenever I stopped having sex in our relationship, every time I would go to worship the enemy would literally give me lustful thoughts of sex and things like that. And like memories of my past of different things and like memories with old guys. And I'm like, first of all, don't want to be thinking about that. But second of all, also, why is that happening in my prayer time? Like in the moment where I'm like thanking God for everything he's given me, you know, and I would feel so guilty. I'm like, there was a moment where I even confided and uh, I don't remember who it was, but I literally said, like, I'm never going to be clean. I was like, I'll never be pure again. Like, I'm never actually going to be pure again. And it was such a scary thought because I was like, well, if I just keep having these thoughts randomly, I can't control it. Like, I can't control. I can't really control my mind whenever it's happening. Like, it happens and then I acknowledge it and then I'm trying to push it out. But it they're planted, you know, like they just come, they don't, it's really hard whenever you have that internal dialogue in your, in your thoughts. And so anyways, but it's just, I had to really understand that it's like, we live in a broken world. Like one, I am, I am pure. I am clean. I am washed as white as snow. And whenever I go stand before the Lord, he will see me that way. That is truth. Like that has authority. That is what is. And so like, I had to really, like every time I was struggling with that, I had to literally tell myself, no, I am washed as white as snow. Like I am not that person. I am not those things. And the enemy can only do that so many times. Like, it's crazy because I actually really struggled with that last year. And now like I'm talking about, I'm like, I haven't struggled with that at all. I like realize that that actually hasn't been a struggle these past this past year, a few months, you know, and I was like, oh, it goes away. Like at some point it ends up going away because he can't, he doesn't get 
the power anymore, you know? So yeah, I've definitely struggled with all of those things, suicidal, lustful thoughts, hurting Corey, hurting my friends, hurting my family. Like it's so bizarre. And it's just like, ugh. I hate it, but it is something that obviously we all kind of go through at some point. For sure. And I will say there are a couple of things I know off the top of my head that can make those thoughts worse. And that is alcohol, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm. putting substances in your body. Yes, Uh, It may not come on you right at the time while you're drinking, but then the next day while your body is getting the alcohol out of its system, you're having uh, almost like withdrawals. Yeah. And that's when those, those like, have, I don't know if y'all have heard of like the Sunday scaries. Yeah. Um, if you drink too much, or this is what they're speaking of when they say Sunday scaries, if you drink too much on Saturday night, then on Sunday, the alcohol is getting out of your system and you, you start having these mental withdrawals because you felt so quote unquote free with the alcohol yeah. in your system that now your body's like, oh my gosh, what the heck do I do? And you start panicking and freaking out. And that's when a lot of these scary, intrusive thoughts can come in. And that's when I used to struggle with it majorly. And praise the Lord, he's like delivered me from drinking like that. But that is definitely something that will heighten it for sure. And so honestly, just (laughs) majorly cutting back alcohol or getting alcohol out of your life can completely change that for you. And then also generalized anxiety can make these thoughts a lot worse. Um, and I'm certainly not going to be one to downplay anxiety and act like it's something that is just easy to come over because I dealt with it for 10 years, over 10 years, I think. And it was really, really bad. And it made these intrusive thoughts a lot worse. And when I finally, you know, I finally quote unquote gave in and decided I'm going to try medication because I had been told by multiple different counselors that that might be a good option for me. And I was so against it for so long. I finally tried it. And when I tell you, like my life has never been the same. (laughs) So I'm definitely pro, like if you think you might have a chemical imbalance and you just have these thoughts that keep cycling over and over and over and over again, like go talk to someone, go talk to a doctor, talk to a psychiatrist. Mental health is never one size fits all. So when I share these steps to overcoming intrusive thoughts, I do believe that they'll help you. but if there is some sort of chemical imbalance, then you may not notice quite as much relief as you could if, you know, you were on a medication, if that's what your body needs. So anyway, I'm just going to throw out a major disclaimer right here. We are not giving any medical advice in this episode whatsoever. We are simply exercising our freedom of speech and sharing our personal stories and what has worked for us. I also wanted to say, I know that I will get messages probably asking what medication I take because anytime I talk about this type of stuff on social media or whatever, I usually get messages asking what medicine I take and it's called fluoxetine. It is like, I think the generic of Prozac. Um, I take, I think like 10 or 20 milligrams a day and it changed my life because it's what I needed. Okay. Not a one size fits all. Talk to your doctor about that if you think that might be a good option for you or something that you need. But I did just want to throw out there that like sometimes these thoughts are more serious and are can be something medical that you need medical attention to. Yeah. And I was going to say this too. I feel like this is with anything in life. I want everyone to feel encouraged on this episode of knowing like, I don't know. I feel like for me, I was someone like so against medication. And I know what you mean when you say this, like you probably got told so much that you're supposed to like, try this out, do this, like this can help. This is, this can help. 
And I really am someone that's like, nope, I'm fine. I'm just going to be fine. I'm just going to be fine. I don't want to, I'm going to be okay. And that can be okay. And I really do feel like the Lord will prompt you on whatever you feel like you need. But I, I think like, even with what Sid's saying, like, if you feel like you really just want a second opinion, like go get it, you know, but also know that the Lord loves you so much and he can also comfort you. And that's what she means by not like, it's a, it's not one size fits all. Not everyone needs to do one thing and not everyone needs to do another. And so when she goes through this, like few steps to overcome these thoughts, this is a wide range of issues all the way down from just little silly things that you're thinking of doing that actually doesn't harm anyone, but you know, it's not you, you thinking them all the way from really, truly maybe considering hurting yourself or hurting someone else or lustful thoughts. Like, I mean, it really is, or like over drinking, overeating. Oh my gosh. This just like popped into my head. I remember things like I'll be eating and I'm like, you should order four things off the menu, even though knowing I wouldn't eat them. Like it was like telling myself to overindulge, telling myself that I needed all of it. Telling like, it's like those, some things are so minimal that you're like, this wouldn't actually even affect me or anyone else, but you know, it's not yourself. And so as we go through these things, you really just, we want you to be okay. Knowing that one, you can overcome this, whether that's with something medical that you need to go talk to somebody, or if it's just talking to a friend and like confessing that you're struggling with this, getting prayer and then following these next steps. And just really working on it and realizing that these things don't have to be such a big deal in your life. And I say that in a kind way, not like you're making a big deal out of things, but like knowing these thoughts are not yours. You're not crazy. You're not alone in this and that you can overcome it. Because I think that's the the part the enemy wants us to think is that they're never going to go away and that they're only going to get worse. And that is so far from the truth. Absolutely. So one day when I was just really struggling with these thoughts, I remember still, I was sitting on my back porch at our last house and I was like, there has got to be a way to overcome these intrusive thoughts and make them stop. Because at this point I was still afraid of them. I still felt like I might act on them or they had some type of power over me. And I was so sick of it. And I swear the Lord brought me across this blog post. It was some psychology website And it's four steps. So here are the four steps to overcoming intrusive thoughts. Write these down. I personally still have these in a note in my phone from, I guess I found these probably two years ago. And anytime I had the thoughts, I would go back through this little list. And eventually like the thoughts went away. I seriously Mm -hmm. like rarely ever had those thoughts anymore. And when I do, they don't affect me. I'm like, oh, (laughs) that was an intrusive thought. Like that was a, you know, silly thought, whatever. And I'm fine. So Step one is recognize the thought as just a thought. Okay. So you're literally recognizing the thought as for what it is. It's an intrusive thought. It's just a thought. Okay. It's not an action. It didn't happen. I'm not going to do it. It's just a thought that literally came through my mind. Okay. Step two is recognize what my mind is begging me to do. Is your mind begging you to give attention to that, that lustful thought? That, you know, this man walking in front of you in church when you really need to be focusing on the Lord, whatever it is, recognize what your mind is begging you to do. And then number three, do exactly what you want to do as if the thought wasn't there. Oh, this intrusive thought is telling me to look at this, you know, tall, dark and handsome man in church that I know I don't need to be looking at because I'm married and I'm in the middle of worship right now. 
I'm going to continue doing exactly what I want to do anyway. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep my eyes closed and I'm not going to look. And eventually he's going to be gone and the thought's going to be gone. Okay. So do exactly what you want to do as if the thought wasn't there. And then number four, this is the key. This is literally the key to making these thoughts, like to completely take the power of them away from you or to take their power away is don't try to get rid of, replace, or talk back to the thought. The more that you try to get rid of, replace, or talk back to the thought, the more power you are giving it over you, the more you are contemplating it and the more ingrained it is getting in your mind. I used to always think, you know, say one negative thought came, I would try to fight it with a positive thought. Or I would try to say, I would try to like repeat some affirmation. Oh no, I'm, I'm this and this and this. I would never do that. Don't even do any of that. And I'm all for affirmations. Okay. (laughs) But don't even do any of that. Don't try to replace it. Don't try to talk back to it. You know, and I'm all for too, like when you feel like the enemy is trying to come on you with something, I rebuke the devil and here's the truth and declaring the word of God. But for a while there, I had gotten so obsessed with rebuking the devil and rebuking his lies. And every time these thoughts would come, get out of here, devil, in the name of Jesus and blah, 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 that I was like obsessing over that. And I was Am I making sense? Like I was giving it more power because I was so focused on constantly rebuking the enemy. And like, he doesn't need that much attention or deserve that much attention. Right. So the more that you can just be like, hey, step one, recognize the thought. Okay, that was an intrusive thought. And then keep doing what you were going to do anyway. Don't try to talk back to it. Don't try to fight it or replace it. Just keep doing what you were going to do you will eventually see these thoughts go away. Mm -hmm. I've used this scenario so many times in different podcasts and things in the past, but years back, the Lord gave me this vision of the enemy is like a bully. Say you're in middle school and you've got this bully, right? And he's just poking at you, poking at you, poking at you. What did your parents tell you to do in middle school? They said, more than likely, ignore him and he'll eventually go on to someone else, right? Mm -hmm. He's trying to get a rise out of you. He's trying to get your attention. The enemy is the same way. He's going to keep poking and poking and poking at you until he gets your attention. If he gets your attention and you're fighting him back and, you know, concerning yourself with this and trying to talk back to this thought and replace it and da, 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 you're just giving that bully more attention and more, more bait to run with. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't do that. <laughs> just, you know what? That was the enemy. That was an intrusive thought. I live in a fallen world. It's all good. Yeah. And then move on. Mm-hmm. And I think like, even with this, it's uh, the analogy I just got is like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, if you're sitting at a table, it's like, you're kind of pulling the chair out for the enemy to sit down. Doesn't mean you like you're, you maybe you're like, well, I'm not really entertaining it. Like, cause I really thought in my head, I was like, okay, I think rebuking the enemy is a good thing. Like we should constantly rebuke and we rebuke and we rebuke, but you do have such a good point that like, even when we're rebuking him, we are letting him kind of hang out and like hear that. And I do want to make sure you guys hear us that it's not that we don't rebuke the enemy. Cause we like, like I said, Sydney is like, she rebukes the enemy all day, every day about things. And so that's, I know that's not what she's saying, but it is so true that Sometimes when we think that we only obsess over rebuking the enemy, we're still pulling that chair out for him to sit down. 
You know, it's like we're allowing him to like be even in the conversation. And because like I do believe in spiritual warfare. I know Sid does. Like there are times where the enemy is going to come at you and you're going to need to rebuke. You are going to need to do affirmations. You are going to do these things. But there are moments that I think even that I'm realizing right now is that sometimes it really is like that laugh it off. Like it's so small that it doesn't even deserve your breath. Like you don't even deserve your breath on or your energy or your time. And so I think this step number four, like which was the don't try and get rid of replace or talk back to the thought. Like, I really think that might be something that is harder for people in general. And I'm just talking to like Sid, like a friend right now. Like, I do think that's probably one of the ones that I think I would even struggle with the most because I want to, I have this like vision of like me always trying to, not a vision, sorry. I always take all of my problems and I'm like, must protect myself. I don't want the enemy ever to come at me. So I'm going to constantly just like, put the, it's almost, I don't know how to explain this. Like I'm wasting so much energy, making sure I'm protecting myself that I forget that just having the Holy spirit in me is so much protection. You know what I mean? So sometimes it is, it's like we take things into our own hands and we pour all this energy out on making sure the enemy can't touch us and he's not going to take anything. And it's like, really just don't open the chair. Like don't pull out the chair. The best, I'm telling you, the best thing I've ever done for myself and the thing that's given me the most freedom mentally and spiritually is when I started just living my life like the enemy just doesn't exist. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't like be naive to the fact that he exists because you do need to be aware when things come up that, you know, of spiritual warfare, but like Like be alert. Yeah. We'll go into that, but yeah, but just live your life and don't worry about him. He is nothing. The Bible says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. You are not, uh, we as the church, we're not just like sitting back with our little weapons and the gates of hell are just coming at us and we're just running from it. Like, it's not like that. Literally the Holy spirit lives inside of us, the roaring lion of Judah and the enemy is nothing. He's nothing. He's not a rival to God. He's not an equal. He's not a rival. He has no power or authority. So stop giving him the attention like he does. Yeah. Mm, That's good. So we've already talked about lots of scripture, but we have two more soul scriptures for you today. And, you know, first Peter five, eight was the first scripture to come to my mind. And it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I want to hone in on the second part of the scripture first and then the first part. Okay. So your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So remember when I said, or no, I ended up not saying that part. <laughs> so these thoughts, they can appear really scary, right? But they're actually not scary. The enemy wants you to think that you would act on them. He wants you to be afraid of him. That is him prowling around like a lion. He is imitating a lion. He is not actually the lion. Our God, the lion of Judah is the lion. He is the one that lives inside of you and he gives you all the power and authority And the devil knows that the devil knows that he's not, he knows that all he can make is empty threats. And he knows that his time is limited because in revelation, it tells us that the lion of Judah wins. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's and it's something like what you just said. Uh, you said that he's imitating, and it's like I also heard the word like he's also trying to intimidate. You know, so it's like when you think about a lion prowling around, like they don't typically just pounce on you. They'll walk back and forth and they like, they glare at you. You know what I mean? Like they're like really making sure you know who is the attacker at that point. And so it's just kind of like whenever we're being intimidated by these things, the enemy wants us to be intimidated. But if you're not even like aware that he's trying to do anything, like you're alert that he's there, but you're not scared of it. Like yeah. you don't, it, you're not entertaining those thoughts. It's just, they happen and they go, they happen and they go, they happen and they go. And that, that is something that I think the Holy Spirit wants us to remember in those moments where you're like, these aren't the thoughts that I want, because I really did struggle with this. Like it wasn't, I really thought I could get them to go away forever. If I was like more holy or more closer to God, or like, if I acted better and sinned less, like, and what's funny is that just leads to like more upset and the enemy just uses that. <laughs> He's like, good try. Like, you're never going to be good enough to get rid of me, you know? And it's like, you, I ended up pulling my seat out for him, you know, trying to fight it. Like you just let him sit down and it just gets worse on my end, you know? So I yeah. don't even give him any attention. Yeah. Like, and I did say that I was going to go back to the first part of that verse I just think it's interesting how attached to this, this exact verse, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Yeah. Earlier I had mentioned these thoughts can be so much worse when we have substances in our body. So it's just something to think about. I actually was just talking to a friend today and this might be so off topic y'all, but maybe you guys will create like connect with this. But did you know, like really they used to call alcohol spirits, like it used to be called wine and spirits, you know, and I think we've taken that away because I do think in today's culture, we want to believe that there's not like a, like a demonic realm. Like we believe in spiritual realms and we believe in energy and all this stuff, but it's like, we're masking the actual agenda of the enemy. I mean, there will be a day of judgment where, you know, the trumpets sound and the enemy is defeated once and for all, but it's like, we, they're, they are masking, you know, the spiritual realm. And it's so interesting. And it's like, it used to be called spirits because when you are under the influence, it's the easiest way for the enemy to come and attack you because you're not walking in your actual identity. You're under the influence of someone else, something else. So Mm, just a little side note on that. I've never thought about that. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I know. And it's funny because like, we don't really call them anymore that like, they don't want you to know that it's that anymore. But and I'm I'm not against alcohol. I'm not against having a glass or two of wine, but I think that we we are called to be sober minded. So when it gets past that, you know, you just have to have wisdom in it. Exactly. You yep. Allow yourself to, to have alcohol. Yep. The second scripture we have for you is Second Corinthians 10 5. And it says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I think this is where it's just that reminder that we are able to take our thought captive. And I think that's where this is hard because we don't want you to think like you have no power, you know? So like, you're just like naive to the facts and you're just like, nope, nothing phases me because I do think that is a little naive. And like, these things really might affect you. It really might 
make you feel a certain type of way. But I think what we want you to take away from this is that the Lord has given you so much authority to be able to take those things captive and not allow them to stick to you. And that's, that's the point. It's saying, you know, I know what the, I know what God says about me. I am a child of God. I know that I love my husband and marriage is the most holy of covenant. So I'm not even going to entertain this thought. I know that I love my friends and family and I would never do that. I know that I cherish life and I, I don't want to cause harm to myself. Like you don't need to obsess over those battles. You don't need to keep fighting the enemy and keep telling him those things. But I think this scripture is really important to remember and keep in your heart that we, we do keep, we do take our thoughts into captivity and we do partner that with just glory of the Lord and knowing what that the Lord overcame all death, all evil, all darkness. And we don't need to be fighting those battles. Like we don't need to be constantly at war because the the Lord has already come in and, and done that for us. Absolutely. So today's soul assignment is just to write down those four steps, have them in your notes in your phone or somewhere that you can see them when you need them. Um, I'll repeat them, you know, just briefly, really quick. Step one, recognize the thought as just a thought or as just an intrusive thought. Two, recognize what your mind is begging you to do. Three, do what you want to do anyway, as if the thought wasn't there. And four, don't try to get rid of, replace, or talk back to the thought. Mm, So good. Alrighty. Well, I will pray us out. I hope you guys really feel like delivered from this. I hope. And if you don't feel delivered from it yet, and you're just like, oh, wow, I I now realize that I'm struggling with this. We hope that you know that you can always come and message us, talk to us, get prayer from us. But we hope that you know that you're not alone in this. Like, that's really what we want you to know from this and that there is hope and that these things will go away and you are okay. And so, yeah, I'll go ahead and pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, first and foremost, just thank you for this listener. Thank you for bringing them here today and just hearing this message, God. And Lord, we just lift up anyone that is struggling with intrusive thoughts. We're so thankful for your Holy Spirit. You've given us everything. And for us to be able to walk in the earthly realm with your power, which is such a blessing, things that we take for granted, quite honestly. And so first, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit that you fight our battles for us. And so I just pray over any woman that's having intrusive thoughts that she is delivered right now in your name, Jesus, from these things and that the enemy cannot have a seat at her table, that he can't entertain these thoughts, that he now realizes that there is no point in him even trying any longer. And I just pray that over her and that they know their power in you. And so I just pray that over them. I pray protection over them, but I also pray just a laughter and joy in their lives. And that when these thoughts come in, they just laugh at the enemy's schemes, that there is nothing There's no fear. There's no intimidation. There is nothing that is fearing them into losing the joy of life and abundance that you've promised them. And so I just pray that over them. I pray that protection over them, God, that you've already promised us. We love you and we thank you for all the things that you do for us. And in your name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening in this week. Just for hanging out with us, we want to give you a free gift. Go to withinhersoul.co slash freebie to grab your free quiet time template. This will be your guide during your alone time with Jesus. You'll journal your highs and lows, record your prayers, and you'll be able to express how you feel the Lord is speaking to you every time you spend time with Him. 
It's extremely helpful if you're needing some guidance on how to find a quiet time routine that works for you. And before you go, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss a new episode. You can also catch us at withinhersoul.co on Insta. We'd love for you to message us and let us know how we can pray for you. This is the Within Her Soul podcast. We can't wait to chat with you next week. See you then.